This podcast presents the thoughts and opinions of concerned citizens opposing the planned developmental proposal of the 304-acre site at Brayton Point, Somerset, Massachusetts. We hope this helps all who are just learning of the issue. Welcome to Brayton's Point. Today, we'll hear from Pat McDonald and Kathleen Souza about how we got here in the first place, who the major players are, what's at risk, and what you can do to help. Hi, my name is Pat McDonald, and I'm a resident of Brayton Point. I've been there since 2014. Um, about October 6th, I was on Facebook waiting for a case to be called in court, and I got a, a tag from a friend of mine, Brian Gabriel Andrade. And he said, hey, did you see this? And then I saw the announcement that they were now going to open up a deep water dock at Brayton Point Power Plant and that a company called EMR was going to be one of the original tenants on the site. And I started looking at it. And so the next day I called my father and I said, did you see what's what's happening down at Brayton Point? Because he's one of my next door neighbors. And he looked it up and called me back. And we were all pretty concerned that that this company was looking to move hundreds of thousands of tons of scrap metal on the dock. So being a resident down there, I took a walk down the beach and I, and I looked across the bay and I saw this mountain of scrap metal there. And it, my heart just sank and my stomach just went into a knot and since then, it's been 24-7. All the free time I have, other than from when I'm working, is trying to research what is going on down at Brayton Point, the laws. I'm not an environmental lawyer, but since October 6th, I've, I've been trying to educate myself as much as possible, reach out to as many state agencies as I could, FEMA, Coastal Management Zone, others have been working with the DEP. We're reading the zoning bylaws, and uh, we're trying to educate ourselves and get up to speed. We only had a short time to do that from the announcement to the first meeting. And something has to be wrong. Why was this just suddenly thrown on us? And we had virtually, what, 10 to 14 days to prepare. I, I think that was an end rush. It was an end around, and here it comes, and it's going to get rubber stamped because nobody knows what was going on down there. So it was nice, nice enough to hear that there was a, a group of concerned citizens that, that were going to meet at a local restaurant, and they did. And the first night, I couldn't make it there. But then the second night, I reached out through my neighbors, and we decided no more restaurants. Let's get a central location. So we've been using my law office as a central location to meet and discuss what's going here on Brayton Point. And I've met a lot of nice people along the way in our journey to start to do this. I met Kathy Souza, Ed Souza, Jeff Marks, Lon Lawless, Alan Smith, Rachel Smith, and there are just so many people on our Facebook page now. It, it's grown 1,500 within five days. Five days. <laughs> five days. 1,500 people. Now we finally see that the selectmen are coming on board, and we're so happy about that. We've seen that Pat Haddad has come on board, and we're so happy about that. But just because the liking our Facebook page doesn't mean that this is going to stop. We have to educate, we have to go to these meetings, because where it really counts is when you go to the meetings and you put the tough questions to them that they have to answer. So the first thing I found out about EMR is that, I think it was represented, they are the third largest recyclers of metal in the world. And they're a $5 billion a year corporation from the United Kingdom. So we heard 
all of a sudden when everybody was raised that, oh, there was going to be a light scrap operation down there, that there was some type of agreement. And you know what? I'm beyond the agreement, the verbal agreement. That doesn't make a difference anymore. Now it's the issue of what's going to happen at Brayton Point. Yes, at first I was mad. I think that was backdoor politics. That's my opinion. But I'm not mad about that anymore. I just want to come together, work as a town, work as two towns. This doesn't affect just Somerset. This affects the entire Bay region. And Pat, just to answer that, this is Kathy Souza, by the way. Again, we were all happy in our homes and looking out the window, watching a metal pile grow before our eyes with some people saying it was the demolition material that was being stored on the dock till we realized that the pile was much bigger than what was actually being demolished. And I almost, you know, I'm over the fact of the verbal agreement as well. And I'll tell you why, because without that verbal agreement, we would not have known what was coming towards us. If somebody hadn't done that verbal agreement and that company hadn't got greedy and started piling the metal onto the dock, we wouldn't have had the head start that we do right now. We're very fortunate that the permits are not in place and we have a tiny window to do all our research like Pat, like everybody else in our committee. We've been researching 24-7. I do have an environmental health and safety background, more Rhode Island based, but I'm can say that I've read Massachusetts environmental laws for the last two weeks at least. I had originally, when I had met at Ogoro's, I also did not know many of the people at the table, but I can say what a great team. And when we left Ogoro's that day, we said, boots on the ground for Brayton Point. We all start tomorrow morning. We started a Facebook group immediately. Unfortunately, we were at 609 people the morning of the meeting I woke up to multiple text messages asking what happened to the Facebook group. The page had been taken down. We had been reported so many times. I honestly can say I was a little disheartened when I woke up that morning and defeated and we rallied and I said, we'll start a group. In 22 hours, we had reached the 1,000 follower mark. That to me is extreme concern from our community. When you have 1,000 people jump on a site unbelievably overwhelmingly positive with people reaching out with their backgrounds, their technical skills, their trade to tell us, you know, can you put this into the comments? Can you say this? Can you say that? And it's been remarkable how much this town is pulled together against what we are horrified by, an operation starting in our town with literally no permits, no wastewater treatment plant, no anything in place that this could happen in as little as seven weeks. So what really concerned me was is that there just wasn't any transparency. They, we saw it in a press release about from the, the company itself about get, getting the stock. There was nothing coming from the town. There wasn't an information flyer. There was nothing. We, and we're still kind of in the dark, and we'll talk about that more. They came in and they said that these companies were simply going to just be storage, some storage companies. And the reason why they're going to try to call it storage is that everybody, you just go on to the town website, you type in zoning bylaws September 3rd, 2019, you'll pop them up. Anybody can read them. You don't have to be a lawyer to read them. And one that you should take a look at is 4.2.6. And that is the controlling bylaw that the town first said these are permitted uses. Well, I don't know who made that determination because we haven't got to the point to say that these are permitted uses in front of the zoning board. 
That can't come from any one individual. It has to come from the board itself with the input of the citizens based on the applicant's information. So, yes, in the bylaws in 4.2.6b, and we've had plenty of comments this on the Facebook page, that you can have wholesale business or storage where part or all of the goods are stored outside of a structured a structure. But then it talks about them having to have a fence. But I think that in that case, it's only directly abutting to a, a residential district. And here you have the water. So I don't think that's really going to apply down on Brayton Point. I think that the residents of Ripley Street and anybody else, Keene Street, are going to have to look at what's there. And what you look what what's there, I invite anybody to come down. It's absolutely awful. So they're trying to pin it as storage. Um, we're trying to say that it's something... Uh, Totally different. We've been trying to say that it's a, a transfer station, that it's a solid waste. And we have the right to call that. Maybe the DEP says that it's not a transfer station or solid waste station, but we as Somerset residents can call it that. that, that we have the right to. And, and you know where you go determine where all that stuff is? Is in court. So if they wanted to sue us and tell us that we're not a transfer station and we're not solid waste, well, they can go present their arguments in court either to a judge or a jury, whoever it applies. And we simply have the right to say no, and they can sue us or decide to sue us, and we go to court and we decide what the proper use is. So we've heard at the planning board meeting that, that the companies say that they don't have any plans for a shredder. Well, the first initial press release on this, it says sources familiar with EMR said that within two years that they plan to apply for a shredder. So now we go back before the planning board and they say, oh, no, that that that'd probably be a, a new use. Well, from my understanding is that the only people that they have to apply to for permits for that is DEP to get an air permit. Now, whether they it would really be a change of use, guess what? We're probably going back to court for that. And we can all see in Freetown, they came in as a scrapyard, and I've been re-talking to the people from Freetown, and they have a shredder. And their shredder is running, and it's, it's caused a lot of problems. They're opposing it. I don't see why we're not opposing it. And um, as far as Allied Salt, I don't even know what's going on with them yet. We know that there's a huge salt pile by the, uh, by the old towers, but we don't know what Allied Salt plans are. So there's 30 megatons of salt. And they say that this is going to be bagged up salt. Where is it getting bagged? I have not heard any proposal that they're going to have a building built on the site that the town could actually assess and, and make some money off of. Or are they just going to bring it to a separate location? How many trucks is that going to be? And how much is road salt? Are we going to have trucks from all over the Commonwealth come down here to pick up salt for a storm? And we all know, we see them on our streets. These aren't pretty trucks. They're not pristine trucks. They're not sealed trucks. They'll have salt all up and down Brayton Point Road, if that's going to be the case, all over that bridge that has steel beams, by the way. And from what I understand is that somebody who works on the bridge has said that they can't salt the bridge, Braga Bridge. They have to use an alternative material to, to be on the Braga Bridge because otherwise it's going to corrode it. So what's the difference with our little Brayton Point cart path bridge? And it is a cart path. It doesn't have a breakdown lane. There's one lane in and there's one lane out. So if there is an emergency or there's a truck overturned or there's a breakdown, there's 78 homes down in Brayton Point that nobody can get out. We haven't even looked at opening an access road for our neighborhood. The residents are trapped in that neighborhood. If there's a fire like there was in Freetown recently and rescue trucks are coming in and they're blocking off the road, 
How are we getting out? That should have been the first thing the town decided on when they were bringing in outside companies. How are we going to get the residents out in an emergency? We're an afterthought. We're an absolute afterthought. I read on one of the fires that there was only 20% oxygen that was near a, a scrap metal pile. So basically you have no oxygen to breathe. So, and they just told the fire department you had to get back from it because there's no oxygen. They told those residents to shut off their air conditioners and shelter in place. So if we shelter in place with 20% oxygen, how long are we going to last in our houses? We're not going to last. Because the pile that burned that in Freetown that you see by those pictures didn't appear to be that large. What we got down on the, the point appears to be much larger. Almost three acres of metal as of today. So they were trucking in 24-7 to the point where we had called in our concerns and were being told that you know nobody knew anything about steel being trucked in. And I was told that by an official. When I called and said... They're operating currently. I got the question back, define operating. Well, operating is shipping in metal via truck every 10 minutes, unloading it onto the pier, and scheduling ships to take it back off the property. It's a full operation. That doesn't uh, sound like storage to me. No, that is 100% a transfer station. This We can pull the shipping records. We can know when the ships were scheduled. This was a planned operation. Thank you for listening to Brayton's Point, a podcast created by the concerned citizens of Save Our Bay, Brayton Point. If you'd like any more information or just to get in touch with us at all, please feel free to send an email over to saveourbaybp at gmail.com and stay tuned for more.